Welcome to CussCast, where we're cussing about our favorite motherfucker, Clive Cussler. This is Ryan coming to you live, and welcome listeners. As you know, I just got back from an expedition to the Sahara, and I wanted to give you an expedition report. I did not find Abraham Lincoln's body in a Civil War era ironclad, but I know it's there. Cuss said it was there, and Cuss we trust, it's there. I also did not find the wreckage of Amelia Earhart's plane, despite spending three months of looking. But again, it's there. We'll find it. I'm going back with another team. I'm soliciting funding. It's on Kickstarter. Kickstart my expedition to find Amelia Earhart's plane in the Sahara Desert. Together we can make it happen, CussCast listeners. Now, as a lot of you know, this is a rogue podcast that has to be embedded inside of other podcasts. So, I am legally forbidden from talking about Clive Cussler, reading a Clive Cussler novel, or being within 50 feet of a Clive Cussler novel. But that's not going to stop me, right? The settlement with the Cussler family, the restraining orders, the stalking accusations are not going to stop me from cussing about the cuss. So, we're burying this this week inside of the Agony cast. I don't think they'll notice. They probably had some stupid thing planned about Garfield and Heathcliff or something like that. I don't even know what they were going to do. So we've taken over the Agony cast. Listen for future episodes in Kuntz cast, the Dean Kuntz cast, uh, in Malcolm Gladwell's uh, Revisionist History, and in the official Vin- Adventures in Odyssey, produced by Focus on the Family. Today, we have a very special guest, the Agony cast's own Jeremy, who, as I understand it, is a rabid Cussler fan. Is that true, Jeremy? Huge Cussler fan. Huge. Um, the biggest. Yeah, I have not read any of his work, but I am a huge fan, uh, particularly with what he's doing with Numa. Can't get enough of it. Oh, the Numa work is amazing. The man is a saint as far as his Numa work. And our fans at home know, know the shipwrecks that he's uncovered, the um, treasures that he's unearthed. It's amazing, yep. folks. It's amazing. Yes. No, I am... Um, I'm attracted to Cussler. No, fans know this. I'm attracted to Cussler because, you know, with Dirk Pitt, you've got a real man. It's none of these mamby-pamby millennials with their weak uh-huh. handshakes and their weak grips that you've got walking around these days. It's a real man, both in the sense of being a man's man and in, of someone who's actually attainable, right? This is a man who could actually mm-hmm. exist, uh-huh. right? And I'm, I've said it before. Forget Trump. Pitt for president, 2016. If Pitt were president, he would sail up to Isis's palace, storm inside, take them all out, and bed the hottest woman in the Isis organization. And we'd be done with it. Be done in an that's afternoon. What, that's what we want in a commander in chief, if you ask me. Right. Someone who leads personally leads small strike forces against our enemies. Right. He would be in North Korea. He would be in Iran he would personally take out all of their nuclear facilities. That's what we need And he'd come back with a treasure chest of gold and rubies. <laughs> of pirates' medallions. Yes. Um, from wherever he goes, he always finds pirate medallions, yep. whether pirates were active in the area or not. Also, our fans note, we should all be excited for the release of the new Clive Cussler novel, Pirate, right. coming out this fall. <laughs> I wonder what it's about. <laughs> the mind reels. It does not have an exclamation point, which is unfortunate. I know you're a big fan of Night Probe yeah. and Treasure and Raise the Titanic. 
and other Cutler novels with the exclamation point, I would have preferred it to be called Pirates. Right. Well, the ones not. that don't have it, I insert mentally punctuation, <laughs> interrobangs, semicolons. I, I insert question marks sometimes. Pirate? Pirates? <laughs> So, Jeremy, to test your cuss knowledge, mm-hmm. we have got a, a quiz. I put together a little quiz for you. Oh, uh, I'm gonna uh, ace this. Five questions. Alright, so let's see you let's see if you can take this bad boy down. Alright, so question number one. Easy question. Any cuss fan is gonna know this backwards and forwards. Fantastic. How did Al Gaiardino lose his pinky finger? Right. Um Al Gaiard okay. Uh now. I want to say silver spoons, silver spoons. Um, oh, uh, that was a pirate attack. <laughs> Good guess. Good guess. Actually, it was lost in the book Pacific Vortex. Uh, when Gaiardino jams his finger into the barrel of a gun held by Delphi Moran to keep him from shooting Dirk Pitt. Um, yes, but uh, that man was a pirate. Well, I guess that's true. Technically, I'm going to give you half, half credit, credit <laughs> on the technicality. All right, question two. In the novel Cyclops, how does Dirk Pitt escape from captivity in Cuba? Oh, okay. Now I know how he escapes from the Virgin Islands. Um, Cuba. Cuba. Oh, right. Uh, that's when he dons a Miguel Castro disguise and waltzes off the island. <laughs> Close. He straps an outboard motor to an old cast iron bathtub that he finds and pilots it across the sea to America. That's right. And of course, Cussler fans will note that later the cast iron bathtub is included in Dirk Pitt's garage of cars and treasures. Right. From all of his notable adventures, right? You've got your classic cars in there, but also a bathtub with a motor strapped to it. And if I'm not mistaken, because of the Dirk Pitt alternative timelines, that actually kept Bautista in power. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. No, it totally changed the course of history within the novels, but also I'd like to think within our own course of history as well. I'd like to think that some of the things opening up Cuba are directly related to what Cuss did in Cyclops, the novel. If not him, who? (laughs) If not now, when? Right. All right. Question three. Which of these events is Cloud Cussler on record as saying was staged by the American government? A, 9-11, B, the moon landing, C, the Bay of Pigs invasion, D, the fall of the Berlin Wall. Now, this is a trick question. That is all of the above. <laughs> it's actually not. You would, th- you would suspect that it was all of the above, but there's actually a specific answer. I see. Okay. Um, you know what? I'm thinking of Clive Cussler's personal diaries where all of these claims are made. <laughs> That's correct. I'm specifically going with the on-the-record claims that I could okay. find. I know, you know, when I was in the Cussler estate, when I snuck in the Cussler estate, I did get to read some of those diaries before security hauled me away, but I did not see reference to all of these things. Some shocking claims. Certainly <laughs> shocking. Shocking, yes. Um, yeah, go I ahead and make a guess. Have to yeah, I think I'm going to have to go with uh, C on this one. The Bay of Pigs invasion. Good guess, especially with our Cuba question. I kind of gave you a red herring there. It's actually yeah, you're B. You're me. Yes, it B. It's the moon landing. Mm. Is state. Kessler is, is a conspiracy theorist regarding the moon landing. Um, though, interestingly, in the aforementioned Cyclops novel, one of the plots is that the Russians have set up a moon base. Right. Which doesn't make much sense if... 
the moon landing was staged, but I'm not going to ask too many questions of old Kessler. We, we staged ours. They staged their failure. <laughs> Maybe even that was staged, but yeah. who knows? You it's don't, don't have too wheels. many questions. We're through the looking glass here, people. The more you peel this onion, the more it starts to stink. <laughs> right. That's what I have to say. Well, All by right. my tally, I've got about half credit, so I think I'm doing you, pretty well. You've got about 0.5 here. All right, <laughs> we've got two left. I think you'll get these. These, I saved some of the easier ones to the end. I'm shocked okay. I'm doing so poorly since I'm a real cusshead. <laughs> a huge cusshead. Well, you know, even the most devoted cusheads don't know everything. You know, there's just so much. It's such a world oh, to immerse right. yourself in. Yeah, I mean, it. it is a uh, a universe, and so there are a lot of, of fragments to keep, uh, keep in it your It puts head. the Marvel Universe to shame. Makes the Marvel Universe look like a children's story. And following uh, Kussler's advice, I am not using the internet to uh, to look these answers up because the internet is poisonous. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You really should not be on the internet. You really should be diving, looking for shipwrecks. <laughs> any any moment spent on YouTube is a moment that you should be at sixty fathoms. <laughs> if you don't get the bends at least once in your life, you haven't lived. That's right. You're not a man. Well, none of us are men. I mean, that's by Kessler. Not compared like, to Dirk Pitt, and is soon to be named vice president. <laughs> not compared to Dirk Pitt. Not even compared to Isaac Bell, who really right. is the Tim Kaine of the Kessler world. Boring, uh-huh. snooze fest. And even then, we have a, a a man's man. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get. So this actually is a trivia question straight from Kessler himself. He wrote some trivia questions for one of the books. All right. Ready. What brand of aftershave does Dirk Pitt use? Uh, now, see, this is a good question because the the uh, the novice would go immediately to Old Spice, you know. Foolish, uh, yes. Foolish, but uh, surprisingly, because of cross promotional consideration, it's brute. <laughs> you would think that's a good guess. It's actually British Sterling. Which I was not aware is an aftershave, but that's how <laughs> exclusive the things are that Dirk Pitt uses. We don't have access to it, that's right. <laughs> not, you know, people who aren't part of NUMA, it's a NUMA exclusive, right. just for the folks in the NUMA organization. In fact, the world's only stores of this aftershave were recovered in a shipwreck. <laughs> it's actually from a British shipwreck from the 1600s. You have Indeed. to use it sparingly, yes. All right, next. Last. What did Dirk Pitt receive a commendation for in Vietnam? That's uh, that's a real thinker because uh, he was accommodated for more than one thing. So I have to get inside your mind space and try and try and think about which one are you talking about here? The one uh, for which he he received the the Navy Cross. Oddly, or uh, some of the ones that were delivered by our government a little bit under the table because they didn't want some of his actions made known. Um, so if if people knew his actions, they would be terrified. Right. I mean, if you thought Vietnam was unpopular before. Um, <laughs> so He, he actually think, would have turned it around, I think. The public would have loved it. Right. Um, I think this is for um, him actually assassinating Ho Chi Minh. Good guess. Good guess. Incorrect. Dirk Pitt, and this is straight from Wikipedia, the Wikipedia page, though I knew this. I actually authored the Wikipedia page regarding Dirk Pitt's biography. 
Dirk Pitt received a commendation for shooting down Admiral Sandecker's plane. Now, Admiral Sandecker, of course, being Pitt's commander and our ally during right. the Vietnam War. The plane was carrying the Admiral and his staff to a remote base north of Da Nang. Unknown to them, the base was overrun by the North Vietnamese, and their radio was malfunctioning, so they were unable to receive a warning. Pitt, flying nearby, returning to his base from a bombing mission, was ordered to intercept and alert the Admiral by whatever means available. When efforts to communicate with the Admiral's plane were unsuccessful, Pitt expertly shot out both engines on the transport, forcing them to ditch into the sea instead of landing at the captured base. Dirk then flew cover, strafing any boats that left the shore until everyone was taken aboard a Navy patrol vessel. Commendation. That's heroism right there. We don't have war heroes like that anymore. That's Expertly right. shooting down our own planes to protect the people inside from greater dangers. Yeah. Yeah, well, so I slipped on that one. How did I do on this quiz? You got .5 out of 5, which are not Dirk Pitt numbers. They're not even Al Gaiardino numbers. <laughs> They're not even Isaac Bell numbers. It's not they great. Might be, they might be Rudy Gunn numbers. You know what? I may have been thinking of Michael Crichton this entire time. <laughs> yeah, that's Crichtcast. That actually records on Thursdays. <laughs> that's right. All right. So now, Jeremy, I've asked you to do one more thing for us today, uh-huh. and I've done it as well. You know, people know Clive Cussler as a, a novelist of action and adventure right. and intrigue, but there's a sexy side to the cuss as well, right? There's a real eroticism that runs through these novels, and so I've asked you to choose the most erotic scene, your favorite erotic scene from a Cussler novel, and to read it to us, and I've done the same. So why don't you go ahead, tell us what you chose, and then read us just a little sliver of it, just to get right. get the audience a little titillated. Yeah, and as you point out, um, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Kessler, um, in part because, you know, his work's got it, got it all. It's all beef. I mean, it's all... Um, no fat. Yep, shooting guns and then romancing the ladies, right? So this mm-hmm. was a real challenge. Sometimes at once. That's true. That's true. Um, this was a challenge for me uh, just because I have so many, so many uh, favorite passages here. But I think what I'm going to do is just go to my my Cussler uh, uh, bookcase here. I'm going to pull down one of my well-worn, dog-eared, uh, highlighted copies uh, here of, of Night Probe. Um, uh, Night Probe. Right, uh, which does, of course, include the exclamation point. Maybe a suggestive title, I don't know. I, I don't like to look beneath the surface if I don't have You to. shouldn't. Right. No, just what you see is what you get. Subtext is... Yeah, unless, unless we're looking for sunken pirate ships, I like to stay right on the surface. Um, so this this comes from um, kind of early in the exposition. We're, we're just setting the table. Um, and, and for so the banquet goes, to come. That's right, that's right. It goes a little something like this. Uh, let me just get my, uh, my reading glasses. Uh, When they entered Heidi's hotel room, Pitt tenderly picked her up and carried her to the bed. Do not move, he said. I'll do everything. He began to undress her very slowly. She couldn't remember ever having a man undress her so completely, from earring to her shoes. He made as little contact with his fingers as possible, and the anticipation mushroomed inside of her to an exquisite agony. Pitt was not to be hurried. She wondered how many other women he had sweetly tortured like this. The passion began to reflect in Pitt's depthless eyes. 
and it excited her to an even higher level. That's good writing. Suddenly, his lips came down onto hers. They were warm and moist. She responded as his arms tightened around her hips and pulled her to him. She seemed to dissolve, and a moan escaped her throat. Just when the blood felt as though it would burst inside and her muscles pulsated uncontrollably, she opened her mouth to scream. It was then that Pitt penetrated her, (laughs) and she came and came in a sweeping rage of pleasure that never seemed to end. Oh, boy. You know, every time I read those words, it's just like the first time. I'm going to need a minute on that one. Yep. That's, I actually read that passage to my wife on our wedding night. <laughs> Who didn't? Oh, In lieu boy. of anything else. Um, yeah, that, that was enough for us. We were spent. Yeah, Oof. yeah oh, I think boy. I accidentally yeah. finished a little bit. Yeah, I actually have taken Dirk Pitt's move and just not touch women at all. That's where right. he barely touches women, I will just not touch the woman at all, and it's it's it really it leads to almost uh, amazing agony of pleasure. Right, it's better for everybody, really. Yeah, it's all around more enjoyable. Whew. Well, that's a great choice. I almost chose that one, in fact, but really, mm. you know, I, I'm just going to take a, a Dirk Pitt novel down at random here and just read the the first sexy thing I find. Ooh, yeah, here's I mean, one. Yeah. Ooh, here's here's one treasure. So this is, and I think you probably already could recite the passage I'm about to read. Um, I've got some ideas in mind about where you're going to go. Right. Oh, I think you know where this is going. So, here we go. This was stupid, Lily thought. She had carried the seduction down to the right wine, the dress, and the alluring black lace broad panties beneath. And now she was swept by confusion and doubt. She didn't dream things would move so quickly. Without a word, Pitt peeled the straps from Lily's shoulders, allowing the sequin dress to fall in a pool of shimmering light around her high heels. He slipped his hands around her bare waist and under her knees, lifting her body in one flowing motion. As he carried her into the bedroom, she buried her face against his chest. I feel like a brazen harlot, she whispered. Pitt tenderly laid her on the bed and looked down. The sight of her body made a fire burn within him. Better, he said in a husky voice, that you act like one. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I could feel the steam coming through the headphones. (laughs) It's coming off the page right now. That's true. Yeah. Oof. Oof. Just to return to something you mentioned before, what what I really enjoy about Cass's work is um, he really knows how to write women, right? I mean, he he knows how to treat a woman as a woman deserves to be treated. That's right. He, he can write a lady. He can write uh-huh. a lady that the, the men love and the women want to be. Uh, women uh, are, are respected in these novels. I think he's the novelist for the Hillary Clinton era, really. That's true. He treats them as, as they deserve, as untouchable um, vessels for harlot-like actions. Yes, yes. No, he um, is really feminist before his time. Hashtag feminism, hashtag Clive Cussler. Hashtag R.I.P. Even though he's still alive. <laughs> Shout out to my boy. 
Well, Jeremy, thank you for joining us. No, thank you. I'm going to need a minute. Thank you for joining us. This was another incredible episode of the CussCast. Next week, we'll be talking about which geopolitical situation Dirk Pitt is best equipped to solve um, and which treasure chest you think that Cussler should unearth next. Mary Celeste. (laughs) I'm hoping for something Viking-related. All right, gang. Well, that's the Cuss Cast for this week. As I said, next week we'll be embedded inside the Coots Cast, then inside Malcolm Gladwell's Revisionist History. I'm coming for you, Gladwell. You're about to get cussed on the Cuss Cast.